0: Ever feel like your relationship is a wrestling match, trying to make a point, trying to prove you are right, they are wrong?
1: If this describes you, you certainly want to listen to the first episode of the Collective Marriage Podcast, where we discuss the The rules rules of of
0: engagement. engagement.
1: Welcome, welcome! Welcome!
0: So this is episode one, and we are excited to... um, to share it with the one person who's watching this program live. <laughs> no, there's <laughs> definitely more people. And uh, for them. those who come later, yeah. welcome. Uh, cheers. Cheers. cheers coffee. Um, so, we are excited to talk about the rules of engagement. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, when we when you saw the intro video, I just wanted it to be like a little, you know, exaggerated. But the truth is that um, when we engage with our spouse, often it goes into the realm of how can I tell her or how you can tell me, right? Like, to get my point that they're wrong, they're being an idiot or they're being a jerk <laughs> or they're being right. and 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 my sole purpose is to somehow convince you and force you manipulate you or beat you down or insult you or bring to remembrance all the other times you were an idiot to prove to the fact that you're an idiot.
1: Yeah, I mean I gosh, we've been married for 17 years and I can think of the many, many arguments we've had in the last 17 years, obviously. Um, no marriage is perfect. And we absolutely lutely have had some great conversations and great disagreements where we've come away saying, hey, we've got this, like, we figured it out. And um, and then there's been times where we've had total blowouts, right? and so
0: mega blowouts.
1: yeah it, it's as a
0: matter of fact i would i would <laughs> transparently say that we have a tendency to have more blowouts than. yeah
1: a hundred like the, it's the in the balance it's definitely more blowouts
0: yeah than uh, it is the uh latin in us comes
1: normal conversation slash disagreements yeah so the, the, i would say
0: that for sure the latino in us comes out uh passion Uh, culturally speaking.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it doesn't help that we're both very, very strong personalities. Um, I think our culture definitely has a lot to do with that, but our personalities have a lot to do with that. We're both very much opinionated. We both have our own ideas. We both are leaders. just beyond the home, like in our, professional lives. We're used to making decisions. We're used to, um, leading teams. We're used to being the person that is responsible for all of the decision-making within our professional lives. And that's where we spend the majority of our time, right? So I spend the most of my time. You spend the most of your time
0: at work. I spend most of my time listening to what you say and obeying. You don't,
1: that's okay. (laughs) All That's right. why we're right. here. So <laughs> so enough
0: about us. This is really about you yeah. and us sharing um with you some of our experiences and some things we think that we yeah. might be able to dialogue and share with you what we've learned along the way of making tons of mistakes. Yeah. Um and we're still learning. And so the first thing we we really want to go into is really highlighting what the problem is. What is the problem? And um and, you know, because without understanding the problem that we we can't really um, tune in and detail the solutions, right? And so one of the things that we notice in this culture is pushing individualism. So, um, and I just kind of want to sit there and I want us to think about, especially for Christians, those who profess faith, um, I, man, we can go down a rabbit hole because, and maybe we will one day to really say, um, when you say you're a Christian, do you really know what you're affirming? Yeah. Cause some people are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, and then you have like this cartoon Jesus in your mind and you probably go to a church where, you know, it's like a concert and they don't really teach what Jesus says and the Bible says. So your definition might be, um, a little skewed of what Christianity is, um, but we'll we'll leave that for another day. So let's talk a little bit about the problem of individualism. Because I think that is, um, in and itself, a huge problem in a marriage. Because, well, as we know, the Bible says that when you are married, you're one in flesh. Exactly. So individualism goes out of the way. It so does
1: not exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> in and, a marriage.
0: And so there are these words we use that um, clearly... Indicate when you are in individualistic mode. Um, so when when we talk about that, what yeah. are some of those words that come to your mind?
1: I mean, just basic like I want to do what I want, what I need, what I think. Like I think we are very much a culture of, and this isn't this is transcendent above generational differences. Mm-hmm. Like I think just as a society and as a, a nature, which we're going to go into that, I know a little bit later on, but we just are selfish and, mm-hmm. and everything that we think in terms of our perception, our needs is very much self-centered. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's what we want. It's what our needs are.
0: And it's so bad yeah. that we're willing to bend the rules of reality, the rules of science. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we will really say that biological male (laughs) is not a biological male and we'll bend the rules of science in order to appease what self self what we want. Right. And so what we, and and look, and yeah, I'm often in a marriage and I, I, I'm not suggesting saying what I want because maybe sometimes sexually, right. When you're, in, in a sexual situation with your wife, letting her know what pleases you.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, want it's not a bad thing. There's right? a difference. I want yeah.
0: is an opportunity done under the right spirit. Correct. Right? Yeah. However, what we're saying is... Um, self-seeking. When you, self-seeking, yeah. self-defining. Your, your, your compass becomes what you feel and want at the moment, so, and it overrides everything.
1: So, it, I mean, I think a really good example of this is... What you kind of hit, you you hit a little bit of the point, but I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper in it um, and just give an example, which is uh, I know a lot of you know Mr. Beast, I think, um, but somebody from his cast recently transitioned um, married man, uh, transitioned into a female, Mm -hmm. and I just can't help but think that something like that—they have a child together, right? Mm-hmm. He's a married man, has a child, um, and it—I don't—I can't help but think that that is a very selfish motive attributed to his recent transition, and how that must feel for a, a, a wife, you know, for to experience something like that with her husband, like. Right, I and just, even,
0: but let, let's say the wife were to say, like, well, you know, it's cool, as long as he's happy because in this world. But
1: then that means, but again, you're 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 towing to the person, Sure. right. Sure. So where are in a relationship, and we've learned this uh, uh, many years being in a relationship, my view, really, in in a in a functional biblical relationship, my view needs to be, What are your needs? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the vice versa. Yeah. So yeah, I will express my needs to you, which is the right thing to do because that's how you build a proper relationship. But the reality is my my daily life as a spouse needs to be focused on how I best meet your needs. And I don't see that in that relationship. Well, like, yeah, I, I but let's, that's
0: hard. But let's do apples to apples, right? So for the for the f- most part, everything we're going to be talking about today is really pointed to Christians because yeah. I think you know, if you're not hard. a Christian, yeah. sort of the rules don't apply to you. The scripture is not going to make sense to you. You have a you. different
1: uh rule book, Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Your compass yeah. is
0: somewhere else. So yeah, that's true. So obviously, yeah, everything we're going to say today really yeah. points to the person, the people who profess Christ, people who, who are Jesus followers. Yeah. Let me just say it like that. If you're not a Jesus follower and you
1: think well, you're people gonna think who read
0: the Bible and go to church and believe the Bible is the yeah. word of God are free, You're not going to agree
1: with anything. You're not going to probably
0: agree anything. <laughs> yeah. we say. You're more than welcome to join 100%. and listen yeah. and ask questions and probe, but you're probably not going to agree with us. All right. So um, so we talked about the individualism, the selfishness. yeah, we talked about the words, the keywords and phrases. And let me just name a few off. I know you said what I want. That can be certainly one of them. How about this one? To me, <laughs> like when we're yeah. talking about God or, what's permissible, what's yeah. not permissible. Like, I'll, 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 I'll do the big one out there. Like, to me, submission is, you know, or...
1: or. To You're me, starting or, off really yeah, controversial. Right? Yeah, so. we're starting
0: to get controversial. But let's be honest, right? To me, and we start to to combine modern philosophy, worldly philosophy with how I feel about a situation. Right. Um, to me, uh, romance is, to me... Um, you know, like if it was up to us men, you know, sex would be like a button that we just go like this and then it like (laughs) happens. Right. And then to, to our spouses, it's more, you work up to that point through intimacy, through conversation, through experiences and memory, and you get to that point. And men, if, if your expectation is, for women just to kind of sit there like a cold log and just go, okay, then um I can almost guarantee you her needs are not being met. But I digress. So the point is, when we're talking about selfishness, we we use these phrases that I um the next time you go into conversation with your spouse, listen to the key phrases. Where you try to define things for your benefit, correct? Right? Yeah. You try you try to define the moral grounds where it suits your pursuit, your goals, your agenda.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean, I think it's easy to do that because in a marriage, like I mean, just again, we're using ourselves as an example, right? We're very, very different people. Um, we're not just a different generation we uh, different individuals. So it is easy, I think, to say, well, I'm my own individual. And I have been guilty of this so many times where I tell you, like, I'm my own person. I have my own thoughts. I have my own opinions. And, and that is okay within the context of me. But when you're talking about a marriage the, the terms have to change, right? Like, the it, it isn't all about me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where society has it wrong, where it's so easy when you say, yeah, I'm going to be married to this person, but I still get to keep my own ideas. I still get to keep my own opinions. I still get to keep my own... Preferences. I still get to keep my own habits. I still get to keep I, my like, own
0: bank account. Exa- and exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Private life. I get my own
1: life. <laughs> I I get my own privacy. You mm-hmm. know, which doesn't exist in a relationship. In reality, it shouldn't exist in a healthy relationship. There's so many. Nuances. Okay. Well, time out.
0: Time out. How many of you ladies and men eyebrow went up when I said you get to keep your own bank account? <laughs>
1: I know some personally, but,
0: <laughs> but, but know, I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. I interrupted.
1: No, I mean, the reality is it's true, right? I mean, biblically, if you are, and the scripture says it in Genesis, right? You're one in flesh. What does that actually mean? Like, how does that actually play out in a relationship? And I think that's been hard for, it's been hard for me mm-hmm. because I am a very strong woman in terms of the world, in terms of my culture, in terms of how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it goes so much deeper than just what i think it's built into the fiber of our culture
0: yeah yeah and i and I, you know and this is this is the problem the problem is think about the impact if you don't believe your spouse is looking out for you then you feel like you got to look out for yes. yourself oh
1: my gosh that's so key i right? wish we had like a bell or something <laughs> to like Bing, yeah
0: right so if If you're not confident your spouse is looking out for you, then you got to look out for you. And guess what? Your other spouse, well, that spouse is thinking the same thing that you're thinking. So now, instead of working together, you're just really working to accomplish your personal agendas apart. And that's just a matter of time until divorce comes. And I'm going to be telling you, we have gotten up to that line before, yes. where we're so, and I'm talking about going to church, reading yeah. the Bible, yeah. you know, Hallelujah, rah bah, rah rah you know, all of that charismatic mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. and you know, we have been to that point where we've spiritualized things, we, but in reality, we were working towards our. Our own needs and I think needs.
1: I think it's so easy because I mean and and we're gonna be transparent here, right We said that from the yeah. beginning. Uh, we've learned a lot through the year and a half that we've gone through therapy, uh, marriage counseling um, And it is I find it like such a slim boundary um, that I look at my needs. Not being met Mm -hmm. by you, right? At some point in time in our relationship. And I so easily shift my view from not like from meeting your needs to, hey, my needs are not being met. So I put a wall up instantly.
0: And not only do you put a wall up, but we also set a whole agenda. Yeah. Like, well, My I'm, whole... I'm going to do, I'm going to do me. I'm going to exactly. use that, those words, right? Yes. You do you, I'll I do, do me, me yeah. right? And so yeah. we, we go into that. And so I want us to think about how that starts to decline. Yeah. Now, why is this important to understand the impact? Well, because the first place as born again, believers as Christians that we need to start is always at the word of God, yep. right? The word 100%. of God is efficient and sufficient to deal with all matters of life, right? That's rule number one. This is why we use the Bible. We need something separate from ourselves to hold us accountable because we are not good judges. Like we're compromised, we have agendas. And I mean, I, I, I always used to make fun of the fact that, you know, us men, when we were in our teens and we were gonna date that girl, And, you know, she was just, like, the only one that was interested in us. So, we would create, like, compromises in our in our minds to date the girl. We're like, well, you know, you know, she has a nice smile and <laughs> you know, she has nice ankles. And, and, you know, we start like trying to convince ourselves or ladies, you know, you, 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 some guy's interested and no guy has been interested in you in so long. And your mom's telling you he's ugly. Don't do it. You know, your sisters and your friends are telling you he's ugly. And you're like, no, oh, but he's nice. He's sweet. You know, you're just trying to fool yourself. And this is how we are about all things in and sin and, <laughs> and everything, is that we fool ourselves to say, oh, well, you know, um, I can have two, three drinks, right? And why are you even having that conversation? The, the, the police will tell you, no, you can't. Science says, no, you can't, but no, we know. Well, yes, you can, right? Or us men, you know, we can look, but we can't. Touch. Touch <laughs> right. And who created that? The devil. Exactly. That's who created that. Concept, Absolutely. Right. The devil created that concept. And so we need something divorced from ourselves. So here's the first point in Matthew sixteen twenty five. Jesus says something that's a spiritual principle. It's a spiritual principle for us to live by. And so here are the rules of engagement that this starts off with. Jesus says, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So in the principle of marriage, we have to understand that the life is found in giving up your life. Right. Right. Is surrendering your life is where life is found. Right. So Jesus dies on the cross and finds life. The spirit of God resurrects him. Right and gives life to him. And that life is promised to us. And how do we inherit or participate? We surrender, we become regenerated, which represents the death of Christ and the resurrection. That's what it means to be born again, right? And so part of our marriage and part of any marriage to be successful has to include dying. Surrender Surrender Mm -hmm. and dying to yourself. Because when you do that, it's
1: when you experience life. 100%. I mean, I think there's another point in scripture where it calls, I mean, it's obviously not just for husband and wife, but it calls us to submit to one another. Yeah. Like, and what does that look like? Like, mm-hmm. what is, you know, in a marriage specifically, we know that it, you know, it means to, you don't have to devoid yourself. And I think that's where sometimes people can abuse that, you know, principle. But, it does mean that you don't prioritize your individuality. It doesn't mean that you don't prioritize, you know, your safety or mm-hmm. your mental health or your physical health or whatever. But in, in a relationship and a marriage specifically, um, it, it means that you give preference to the other person mm-hmm. and your focus is not on yourself because that's, What got us into sin to begin with. That's right.
0: Right. That's right. So So. see, so if the problem is selfishness and individualism, obviously the antidote is surrender. Selflessness. Yeah, Yeah, selflessness, surrender, right? And and what are the consequences to continuing to go the route of me, right? The the route of I'm not fulfilled, the route of I'm going to go to church and make pretend the Bible doesn't say what it says. And (laughs) I'm going to live in disobedience. Right. (laughs) Um, one of the, one think one of the arguments that we had for a long period of time was what does a biblical marriage look like? Mm. Like, let's really define that. And one of the things that, that we were challenged with, and I would tell, I would tell my wife, like, do we really believe that the theology that we profess, like, do we believe that the word of God is the word of God? I mean, better to say I'm struggling and I really don't yeah. and and I need God to help me, but to sit here and say, I believe the word of God. And then when it hits a subject, you don't like, you're like, no, no, it. no, I don't think it means that. Let me look this up in the Greek. <laughs> let me look it up. Yeah, it means this. No, yeah. it doesn't. Let me look at another Greek. You know, and, 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 and let me look at, you know, and then we start trying to find yeah. people that will back up. And wait, th- didn't Timothy say that in the last days people will look for themselves teachers with...
1: Itching, it, to itch their, <laughs> to scratch their itching ears, I think yeah, it was? I basically. Something like that. Yeah,
0: you're going to, we're going to bring up to ourselves teachers that tell us what we want to hear.
1: Exactly. And
0: so, um, and so this is why it's so important to understand that... When we think about the impact of some of our decisions, some of you have already experienced divorce. Some of you already experienced hurt. Some of you have, um, maybe are in the point of, you know, uh, having an affair. Maybe you're ready in the affair. Maybe you're in the point of, like I said, divorce and your family's breaking or up. Or you're
1: at that point where you're like, I just want to give up. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. you're, you've got the divorce papers in hand. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: And so, yeah. you know, or the, there's this marriage conference we're going to where they talk about roommate syndrome, right? Oh, yes. Where you just like your spouses, but your roommates, right? Like you, know, you just come They're in and really, check in with each yeah. other. Um, you know, maybe you go to dinner to eat and both of you are on your phones. You're not even talking. Mm-hmm. been there. That happens. Yeah. So happens. Uh, these are all things that we need to be watching out for because it's all about individual. Let me read um, Roman's. Chapter 6, verse 16, there's something um, that it says that I find it so interesting. It says, do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of of the one whom you obey, either sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. And listen, that's the point I'm trying to say. If you present your marriage to the Lord and you say, this marriage belongs to God, then that means that you are becoming voluntarily. God is calling you. He's regenerated you. You are surrendering and you're saying, Lord, I am going to be a slave to your righteousness. That means that I'm going to obey what you tell me. I may not understand it. My flesh may not like it. I may not completely agree agree with it but i'm gonna obey it because i am a slave to you i i have volunteered to submit for the betterment of my life
1: yeah i think so i think of another verse that comes into my head i don't know exactly where it is i'm not a scholar like you are I'm not a but scholar. <laughs> i think of another verse when it comes to this subject um which is everything that you do do it for the glory of god right? Mm. And I think in your relationship, it's the same. And we, you know, again, in our many years of marriage, you know, we've also delved into just not marriage conferences, but like we've, we were starting to read this book uh, or listen to an audiobook, book um, called The Biblical Marriage. Was it A Biblical Marriage? I think it was called. I can't remember. What, Gary Thomas? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think of when you, when you read Romans six, um, I think of this, which is your marriage is not a place of individuality when it comes to service to your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. So my relationship with my spouse is a means for holiness.
0: Not for happiness. Not for happiness. Mm-hmm. And
1: I know that we learned about that this week too. Mm-hmm. Um, our first uh, week that we had at our church um, with a marriage, uh, small group that we have, but it hit home. Like it just reiterated that point, which is what I'm doing isn't to meet my needs. It's to meet your needs. And if I meet your needs, I'm doing it for the glory of the Lord. Like I'm not even doing it for you. I'm doing it out of obedience, which is what verse six says in Romans, right? Mm -hmm. Or 16. I'm doing it out of obedience to God. And Mm -hmm. that's my relationship to the lord through my spouse through service and through putting your needs and and not considering my own individuality in the process Mm -hmm. yeah
0: absolutely absolutely i think i think you know we talked about the problem we talking about the potential impact right we talked about um how it runs in contrast to scriptures but you're probably saying to yourself okay these are all nice principles but (laughs) Um, you know, how, how does that help me understand how to fix or how to get in the right track in my marriage? And I'm going to be honest with you. There is not a magic pill. There's not something you can do one time. There's not a single prayer that's going to make it work. Um, it takes dedication work. Uh, it takes, Um, we, we have a common friend named Amy that she works out and we see her post. Oh man. uh, You know, you see her lunch, (laughs) breakfast, shout out to Amy for her consistency. Yeah. For years. (laughs) And you're seeing her work out. And and if you ask her, Hey, could you have done this in a week? She's probably gonna tell you, no, it takes no dedication to really doing what you need to do. And it's, it's no different in your marriage. It takes dedication and consistency, but let me tell you where the journey starts. Because here's something you can do that will have, at least in my opinion, the immediate impact that you need at least to be sober. Because I think that's the first step, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first step is to think of yourself the way you need to. Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, I know we named this podcast The Rules of Engagement, but I think we're really going back to the foundation of everything, which is.
0: Shh, I'm, not, I'm trying to hide the theology. Okay. I'm trying to hide
1: the theology. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're really trying to get to how scripture, how you should view yourself in light of a relationship
0: that's right and so right. i think it's the, a personal thing the idea is is that um the rules of engagement before you engage your spouse in any way you first have to understand who you are yes because if you don't understand the reality of who you are and 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 what you've built up and um you know some of us have a real um barbie View of ourselves, like
1: Barbie. Okay, I'm like, what do you mean by Barbie? Yeah, like (laughs) plastic.
0: yeah, Yeah, it's just like, like we don't have a very realistic view of ourselves. Oh yeah, you know. So, so we are the nation that lives the most extravagant lifestyle that that is broke as hell.
1: hundred percent.
0: Right. We're and the so, brokest,
1: richest people. We're the, the brokest, richest people on <laughs>
0: earth. Right. We have like, yeah. you know, we have the best sneakers, we have the best clothes, but we can't pay our rent. Right. And so, you know, it's just, it's just odd. That's how we are. And so th- that represents the facade of our life. And we have a facade about our values, our, our morals, our concepts. So, so let's start off with what we can do to begin with and this is why I said the rules of engagement. Before you engage your spouse, first ask yourself what and who does God say I am? Yeah. Right? Um and 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 so um how does how do you think that
1: kind of affected us? I mean I personally think I'm right all the time. <laughs> so I think number 1 is your your sin just leads you to think that you are the all-knowing um, person in the relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's no way that I'm wrong. There's no way that I potentially could have insulted you with the way that I said something. There's no way that um, my concept of whatever, whatever the topic is, is incorrect. Like, I, That's very much me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm very. I think arrogance is a big part of that. Like, mm-hmm. because for the entire time that you've been on this earth, leading up to a marriage, who do you rely on? Yourself, like yourself, your needs, your thoughts, your preferences, what you like, what you think, what your concept and your perspective and your your worldview is. It's all based on you, and that. I think does not get talked about enough when you go into a marriage.
0: Amen. That's right. I think that, you know, for me and, and, you know, when I think about what the Lord would like to communicate to us about ourselves, um, my wife um, actually was reading a verse that I'm, I'm like a hundred percent in tune with, yeah. but this kind of, this is kind of peppered throughout all of the new Testament. We have, um, Paul that says, we are children of wrath. You know, in other words, and the reason why he says we are children of wrath is because we are born from people who were wrathful. And so thus, our offspring also are children of wrath. So in other words, we, we just graduate into this world. When you're born in this world, you're born with a PhD of destruction. Exactly. Like we lie, we cheat, we see, yeah. (laughs) Like we look for our own benefit. We, you know, we start wars very easily. We, we, you know, we, it's just, it's just embedded in our nature. It's what we do. We come with Christ. We have a new nature, but we still have the old one competing. Right. And so um, I'm just going to read Ephesians chapter 4, 17, and then I'll jump to 22. But it says, um, so this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, in the shortcoming, and the brokenness of their mind. And I understand it. in your mind, you have a lot of broken pieces because of what you've went through as a child yeah. And, yeah. and all that stuff. So it says being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. And so I'm just going to stop there and I want you to, I want you to chew on that. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's that you, your ability to even discern what is good. The Bible says you're darkened. So our nature, the naturalness of who we are, Pre Christ, even post Christ, in our nature, a natural man, we can't understand the things of God. As a matter of fact, First Corinthians chapter two says they're foolish. The things of God are foolishness to us. To a natural man, to a natural man, it's just sort of like, like I remember when we like a, a while back, um, a couple of years ago, um, when we were talking about submission. Like my fr- my wife's first instinct was like, and what? And what? And, and and I'm just supposed to do what you say? And I'm and I'm just supposed to do this and because you told me so? No, no. And immediately it's that we don't well, understand the revelation. Okay,
1: so I think obviously I agree with you, but uh verse eighteen, the word that sticks out to me the most is ignorance. Yeah. Like we don't our flesh is naturally ignorant to the things of the Lord. Like we're not going to see things the way that the scripture sees them when we are in our flesh and in our sin. Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Like right. we're naturally not going to do that. Right. We're going opposite to what our, our flesh wants.
0: That's right. That's right. So this is why now verse 22 is important. Verse 22 is important because the reality is you can't get rid of this. This is a nature. This is an inclination you have. Right. So you, your flesh, your mind, and what you have came into this world with, what you were taught as a child, what you're taught by TV, what you're taught by the music, what you're taught by Hollywood, what you're taught by looking at a magazine Oprah. quickly, what you're <laughs> taught by Oprah, what you're taught by Tony Robbins, what exactly. you're taught by uh, 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 you know all of these guru, oh, self-energy, um, love and light, and positive vibes, and all, all of these new age teachers – Everything is self-reliance, right? Andrew Tate is about self-reliance. All of these people, they may say right things, but the perspective is darkened. They don't understand it in light of the gospel. They don't understand it in light of Christ. Yeah. And so verse 22 brings it home, and it says that in the reference of your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with its lust and deceit. And so here's the point, because you know it's deceitful. Because you know it's lustful, right? You know you're going to like it, and you know you're not going to understand when it's wrong. That's where the deceit is. Right. It's natural to you. It tells you, don't don't deal with it. Don't negotiate with it. Don't play with it. Just lay it aside. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's the point we're trying to say where Jesus says, if you lose your life, you're going to gain it. Like Like, put off this old self. And so when you're ready to engage your wife, understand that, number one, you are a wrathful sinner in nature. Your natural instinct is going to be argumentative. Your natural instinct is going to be to get what you can.
1: Your natural instinct is going to be to prioritize your desires over your spouses. Your Mm -hmm. Your natural inclination is going to be to look out for yourself.
0: That's right. That's right. And look, even for us men, I'm going speak for the guys out there. You know, when we feel disrespected, when we feel we're not being honored in our relationship, the first thing we do, what is our natural inclination? We shrink back right? We, we, we stay quiet. We, we start going into analytical mode or we go to escape mode, right? We go into the video games or we go and hang out with our friends at the bar or, um, you know, depending on who you are in your makeup and your trauma, you, you kind of retreat and see, that's the natural thing to yeah. do. And that, that would to any person would be like, well, yeah, he's going to do that because you're you're disrespecting and you're not honoring him. And no, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's the point I'm trying to say. Right. Like I'm telling you this and you're like, yeah, if she's disrespecting you, yeah, I mean, it's better than arguing. It's better than getting divorced. It's better than... So yeah, so you want to go out with your friends. No, carazón, that's not what it is. <laughs> you got to press in more. You want to withdraw. Your flesh wants to withdraw. That's the time to increase Christ-likeness, right? And you press in and you show grace and you show mercy. That's the hard part. That's that's the, the part where you die to yourself and you press in. And how many marriages fail? And I've seen marriages fail because a spouse is unable to die to themselves. Yeah. It's about, not, and they may be justified. Oh, you know, my husband did this. Okay. And what would Christ have you do? or you want to do what you need to do or what the world is telling you to do. Right. You know, so I, I, you know, this is something that the rules of engagement start there.
1: Yeah. I think it starts with, if we could put it into a bullet point, knowing your natural inclinations. Yeah.
0: Your nature be sober about your nature, right? Because if I'm sober about my nature, the minute, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about I'm locked in.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like I know that I'm a screamer.
1: <laughs> Why are you pointing to me?
0: <laughs> right? I know that, I, you know, I know that me, you shut down. I'm a shut down, bitter person. I hold resentment, but I shut down. Right? And so I know this. I know this about myself. So I have to come intentional into the marriage saying, you know what, honey, um, let me just tell you that um, I have a tendency to shut down and this is about me. So let's talk in a manner that maybe will help me not shut down, but I'll give you the cues, right? And even when I feel like it, I'm not going to, I'm going to persist, right? Because I'm going to fight my flesh and I'm going to be very sober about myself, Okay, yeah. so know your nature is engagement, rule number one. Rule number two, I'm going to let my wife say the rule number two, because that...
1: <laughs> men always get in trouble with this
0: one, so go ahead. Oh my
1: gosh, number two, uh, um, know your role. I know that's- Did you say
0: slow your role?
1: No, stay in your lane. Oh, uh, stay in your lane. Your
0: lane. <laughs> know, know your role, not slow your role. Okay. Well, All both, right. but- both. Um, <laughs>
1: But more more know your role and know what, what what your position is in the home and and it's met I know submission is a hard topic I'm telling you ladies like I still 17 18 years later have to contend with this topic um, and it, it's been a struggle for me too but um, it's beyond that it's beyond just, knowing what your position is and submitting and all of that. But I was I was trying to look up some statistics um, on divorce because I know you know uh, I think this is a big point. I know there's a lot of reasons for people divorcing, but I um, was looking at a statistic, I think it was from Forbes. Um, 63% of divorcees believe that a better understanding of marriage could have helped them avoid divorce when I think of a better understanding of marriage, it's a better understanding of what does this look like? Like, what does this relationship, what is this dialogue? What are the rules? Like, what am I supposed to do as a wife? Like, what's my role in the home? What's your role in the home? And that could look different to different people. But if you don't have that conversation and you don't delineate like specifically what that looks like, That's going to be very hard because then I'm going to be guessing what am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? And then I'm going to be assuming what you're supposed to be doing. And then I'm going to get disappointed when you don't do what I think
0: you should should be doing. doing. And that's the point. That's the problem. But let's even go like this because for the Christian, it's not about learning. Like, let's have a discussion what the roles are because I'm going to, I'm toxic. I'm going to tell her what her role is. You're, (laughs) you're my sex kitten and you're going to be doing these things and you're going to be cooking and cleaning and you're going to sit in church and you're going to be quiet. And, and, you know, easily mishandled. Yeah. Easily mishandled. And, and now with this whole red pill movement, the flirtation of, of, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm all supportive to the patriarchy. But what I'm talking about is biblical patriarchy, ba- biblical patriarchy Christ-like patriarchy. Right. But what I'm talking about is the pendulum can certainly swing so far to one way where I can now become toxic and use the scripture as a as a, a baton or a bat for my yeah. bitterness, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we have to be cautious when we say, um, know your role. I think the maybe the better way to phrase it is know what the bible says yes, your role is i
1: 100 percent agree with that uh i mean i think kind of bringing it to societal terms uh, that's where we're deriving a lot of feminist marriage views too like it's mm. not just single feminism yeah like feminism has a hundred percent infiltrated marriages
0: right Right. you know oh, are you talking about like when men become Simpsons? yes yeah. yeah
1: i mean i think roles are so important in the home in terms of leadership and i know we're going to go into that when we read ephesians but you know what what the husband's um position in the home is is yeah. so important and it's not just because of authority or mm-hmm. um direction or like it's just even basic relational stuff like mm-hmm. i don't I don't even think about it so much in terms of authority, um, but it's how do you relate to your spouse? Like, what does God say that you have to? How you have to relate to me, and how does Scripture say that I have to relate to you? Like Mm -hmm. being gentle and being, you know, respectful, and you being loving and being understanding. Like those are basic things that have nothing to do with you telling me what to do, or you know, me being just doing what you say, like those types of things. Like mm-hmm. it's so different. And um, it's
0: overly simplified yeah, when we talk like I that. I feel yeah. like,
1: yeah, we're not really looking at it from a bigger, like from a deeper level, you know? Yeah.
0: It's that. almost like when you look at a company and you look at its org chart and you're like, how how, how does this company run? Yeah. And you look at an org chart, that's not going to tell you anything. Yeah. And often <laughs> we look at our marriage and we're like, I'm on top, you're the bottom. Exactly. and you're, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. You know what like I mean? And it's very like, or chart, chart philosophy and usually those type of companies really have terrible work culture, mm-hmm. uh, difficulty struggling in relationships, and I think, I think contextually when we understand what our role is, I think what you're saying is, is we have to understand it from a relational perspective, right, right? Of, of who we are. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, I think it is easier for me. I, you know, all the thing, all the times that I think about um, submission, which. a lot (laughs) it's difficult for me to (laughs) to grasp that concept i'm gonna be honest but um i do think that it becomes easier as you both like position yourself where you need to be right so yes you're going to have to act in obedience like we read in romans right there's going to be a time where your spouse isn't going to know their role and they're not going to play the role that they're supposed to play but that doesn't alleviate or excuse well, that's, you. That's number three. Yeah. Doesn't excuse you from doing that.
0: <laughs> Contingencies. But yeah. Okay? Yeah.
1: But it's so much in the context, um, it's it's so much easier to build a relationship and have life together when you're both like have your feet planted yeah. where you need to be. Yeah.
0: I think I think it is so much easier on us because If you're a Christian and you read what your role is, you and you're really honest with yourself because this is this is the craziest thing. Every strong woman I know, almost every strong woman I know wishes that the husband they're domineering would say, you need to cut that crap out (laughs) in a loving way, but you need you need to stop that. Right. And and would kind of put a pause to it. Yeah. And in other words, in other words, it may we may want like I'll be honest with you, like I love to sit and play video games and chill. But there's a side of me that whenever I get into the I got to take care of the maintenance needs of the house and I need to do this and I need to do that. And it like it becomes natural to me because. That's the part of That's leadership in my home. Yeah. And, yeah. and if I'm honest with myself, I am most happy and I am most optimized and most fulfilled when I am playing my role that God has exactly. called me to play. Yeah. And it's only in my delusion yeah. where I say, no, nah. right? So this is why we're talking about knowing
1: well, your role. I mean... Look at the example that we have in Genesis. Like, what did Adam do?
0: Yeah, well, she did. She made. Pointed me do fingers it. and yeah. was like,
1: "I wasn't me." Like yeah. uh, And then, it what did Eve me. do? Like, yeah. She was the one that. Yeah. The decided, devil did it. he told me, he deceived yeah. me. Right. And she, she is the one who really chose. Chose for the relationship, and mm-hmm. that just created a whole like destruction. You yeah. know.
0: And so let me let me. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably in some other time talk about how you can be equally valued in in God's eyes and in the marriage. Yet the roles are different. Okay, Correct. so I, I, as a matter of fact, I look at someone like um, you look at Tesla and you look at their companies and and you know Elon Musk is the head honcho, but he would tell you that he's really not the lifeline in the blood of that company. Right. Um, so his engineers are and the people that work for him. And so he has some really cool rules. Have you ever studied how his organization is? Because authority is not always position. Correct. And position is not always authority. So an influence, really is what the so leadership yeah it has it has yes. everything so i want you to understand ladies that we're not saying that you're less valued you know what we're saying is that there are these designated roles where you are most fulfilled and you are most optimized yes. when you play it and here's the thing so is the man and when you work together that's where you find the most happiness Correct. okay Not through these constructs that the world tries to put, you know. So I'm going to read really quick Ephesians chapter 525 where it learns and it teaches us about a role. It says, husbands, you're to love your wife. And he uses the example as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her, right? Know your role, men, right? Our job is to give ourselves up to our wife. That means prioritize her. That means sacrifice for her. That means she is number one, right? And then he says, um, so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So our job again is to sanctify our wives. And remember sanctify doesn't mean um, in a sense of lording over her and forcing her. Yeah. It, it means helping her mature, helping her get to a point in her life where she sees things, where the 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 priest you know, of our home, right. yeah, Absolutely. we're 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 supposed to be showing her Christ and pointing her to Jesus, not to and, yourself, not to and ourselves, to and not to my <laughs> needs, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. she, you know, she's she is under my care, and my responsibility until the Redeemer comes, right. and and she will no longer be, belong to me. She will no longer be my wife. I don't mean it possessively, meaning she we will no longer be one in flesh once we have renewed bodies so so our job number one men is to cleanse our wives not with our word but with the word of god right that's our job our job is to avoid ourselves surrender understand what god says and remind her of that um that he might present to himself a church in all her glory having no spot wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless and that is the goal the goal is to present your wife holy and blameless. I want you to think about that guys, because if you're out there encouraging the sin that's destroying her, you're in direct disobedience to God. Right. If you're smoking weed with her, you're in direct disobedience of Christ. If you're getting drunk with her, you're in direct disobedience of Christ. And so you are the example and your job is to present your wife holy and blameless. That is your responsibility, the way Christ is doing with the church. Um. So this is very, very important. 28 husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own life, wife loves himself for no one hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishes it just as Christ does a church. And because we are members for his, of his body, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a mystery and it's great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is to love his own wife, even as his wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. And so that is the commandment of men to to their wives. So know your role. Um, There's other verses that tell, uh, you know, a little more pointed to the wife where it says, Submit to your husband in everything. Not in some things, but in everything. And I think that's the hardest. That was one of everything the hardest. Everything is the hardest part. I, 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 when we used to have like, that discussion. What does I, everything mean? I said, tell me what everything means. in the, And I would tell her, you know what it means in the Greek? And she's like, everything what? Means I, mean, I mean, It means everything.
1: <laughs> Nothing is excluded. There isn't, excluded. A, there isn't translation. a
0: translation. But again, think about it in the relationship context. Do mm-hmm. not think about it in org chart. Right. Think about it in... I'm supposed to love you. I'm supposed to give myself to you. I'm supposed to sacrifice. I'm supposed to prioritize, understand the scriptures concept, understand what happened to Adam and Eve, understand that you have inherited Eve's nature. I've inherited Adam's nature and combination. Understand what our um, tendencies are. Mm-hmm. There's a structure built around it to kind of prevent that in the destruction of our lives as a marriage, so let's work towards what God has asked us to do. This is not about me lording it and er, uh, right? Um, so let's know our role. If you know your role, then you can effectively communicate. What does this mean in practice? Well, this means, husbands, that when you're going to engage your wife, your goal needs to be, how do I sacrifice for her? You know, how do I help her understand. You may you may be having a moral argument. And sometimes, understand, sometimes you have to let the consequence hit. You can't just go in there and control and start knocking things over and telling her she needs to do something. Sometimes it's allow the consequence to happen. I know that's happened in our relationship where I've had to let my wife make stupid decisions. And, and right? And FAFO happened. And, and so she had to come around and tell me, oh yeah you know i don't think i want to do this no more and and yeah that's part of it right isn't that what christ does with his church he tells he says the truth he says his word and then if you go too far he'll discipline you yeah, right I mean, He lets consequence
1: I, I think you see the parallel that we just read in ephesians where it says that you know husbands have to love their wives like christ loves the church that he gave himself up for her but It's even more than just giving himself up for her. You have to think about it in terms of how did he deal with the church? Hmm. Like, he didn't deal in, you need to do this because I say you do. That's right. You need to do it. Or you need to do it because I'm... At least not in the church. In the old covenant, maybe. Right. But, right. I I Mm -hmm. understand what you're saying. But, Mm -hmm. I I mean, he didn't deal with um, his disciples and and his church Mm -hmm. in that manner. It was... In here's what the scripture says and here's what, you know, holiness looks like. And this is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and naturally, if you love the Lord, you're going to follow what he says. And, and he's merciful to say to you and graceful enough, which I know is our next, you know, thing that we're going to talk about is he's graceful enough to say, all right, you screwed up you understand you screwed up. Here's my grace and here's my mercy. Let's, I'm going to help you get to the next level. I'm going to help you be more holy. I'm going to help you, you know, restore the, the brokenness in the relationship. And that is the piece where it becomes so blurry though, but it becomes blurry in a Mm -hmm. relationship where the spouse, you know, specifically the husband doesn't understand that piece. It's not, I'm going to tell you what to do. The scripture says you need to do what I say. It's I'm in a position of leadership. It's a huge responsibility. It's a huge responsibility, um, to, unto the Lord to be able to lead your spouse in love and sacrifice and the way that Christ did. You're right. Like that's intimidating yep. to me as a wife. I'm like, dang, i
0: Glad I don't have that responsibility. Right, you know one, and again, we said we'd be transparent, and and you know these are some of the things that we talked about that we will be. Um, I I know something that we struggled with um, was how do I express my moral outrage on something that I felt was dishonoring God. And one of the things were how do you have a room full of your family, right? And you're going to celebrate, let's say Thanksgiving, or you're going to celebrate Christmas, or you're going to celebrate some major holiday, and um, and I think Mark Driscoll does such a great job addressing this. But you know, how do you un- how do you make your holidays about Christ, yet have this environment which glorifies the flesh, the flesh drinking, you know, all of that stuff, and so um, you know, so th- so I remember. There was, like, the wrong way of doing it, and then there was, like, the right way of doing it. And so I remember early on in our relationship, it was like, you know, I don't want nobody here. If that's what's going to happen. And my wife's looking at me like, that's my family, bro, you know? And I'm like, well, I don't want nobody here, you know, or I don't want to go anywhere because I don't want to be walking around with a face. And I used my moral standard almost... Almost like a Pharisee, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was very imposing. What I was telling my wife indirectly was, "Get the alcohol and all that stuff out, where I'm not going to go." Right? That—that's basically what it's I was very saying.
1: Highway, my, weight or my high way. My way
0: or high. I wasn't loving. It wasn't, "Hey, let me show you where in script." And, I, and a years, many years later, after I kind of w- wised up and gotten older, and I got the gray hair and all that stuff, <laughs> um, it became now more like, "Hey, honey." Um, I really want our holidays to honor Christ. That's really what my heart is. Yeah. And it's setting
1: an example ourselves. Right? right. Like, even if we go or we vice versa, if we go to an environment, whether it's our family or friends, you know, what are, what example are we setting yeah. in our marriage and our relationship yeah. to others? Yeah. And it's not about judging others or saying, well, I don't want to go there because this environment is happening. It's what do I show? What is what is my reflection in this environment? Right. Like, what am right. I showing?
0: Yeah, it's not imposing. Um, but a certain is boundaries. Having boundaries is okay. It's good. Especially if you're in your own own home, right?
1: Oh yeah. You can
0: have boundaries. You can in your relationship under the view of your job is to present your, your wife holy and blameless. Right. You certainly can have that conversation in love, in mercy, in grace with all honor. You can say, hey, honey, you know, I noticed you had a beer, right? Um, make sure to, to watch yourself, right? Don't, don't go over because well, it's not, I mean, right. So it's a, basics it is a loving, is. it is a loving mentorship and it's in a, and it's both ways because mm-hmm. it's also, hey, honey, her to me, right? You're you're the leader of our home. What do you think it looks like when you're looking at someone else and you're you're not even showing the mercy and love of God from a perspective of, hey, let me minister to you, love and holiness and 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 and, and that leadership quality that Christ shows us. Remember, He calls us first. He convicts us, he approaches us. No one comes to God free willingly. God draws us to him. And so what's so drawing about my disposition and arrogance, right? So there wasn't any. So you know these are just some things that we gotta think about in our approach. All right, so know our roles, understand our roles, understand how God has curated our roles to help us understand how to communicate, how to approach. If you're a spouse, if you're a woman, and man, you're looking at your husband and you're like, man, this guy's a mess. This guy, <laughs> like, you know, he's disorganized. He's, you know, he, he's all of these things. <laughs> you know, he, he just, you know, whatever, you know, he's a little messy, whatever, whatever's driving you nuts, right? Understand your approach and your role. Your role is to help him understand how his lack of leadership in that area is impacting you right your role is not to remind him how dumb, how unorganized how worthless how not a man you are right your, and your
1: role is not to just stay quiet and suck it all in and then blow up later that's right <laughs> so yeah your job you is to say
0: to, hey leader say I'm looking to you for yeah. leadership um and I'm your helper like help him. Hey, how can I help you? You know, I have this particular strength. How can I help you be the better part of yourself of what right. God has called? And that's what it looks like. All right. Third principle. Third principle is a graceful outlook. And what does that mean? Different from mercy. Let's see if you remember what we talked about well, the difference between mercy and grace.
1: Grace to me Not to you. Well, we know what I mean. like, <laughs> that's what we what, talked rule about. Rule number this. one. <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we talked yeah. about the definition of grace and mercy, and I think it depends on the circumstance, right? Grace applies blanket to everyone. What does God and Jesus give us through His sacrifice? It, a salvation through grace. Mm-hmm. What did we have to do to do that? Nothing. Right. We we do not deserve. God's grace. Period, and I think the reason why we don't deserve His grace obviously is because of our sin. That also applies when you're in a marriage. Mm. You know, and how's that different from how mercy? It applies is it, it? That's where mercy comes in, mm-hmm. right? Mercy is more of an attitude, I think, towards you know a person. That could be your spouse. That could be another relationship you have, friendship, whatever, your family. Um, but when so a situation occurs, how do you react to that is your chance to show mercy. Amen. And Love that. Yeah. I, I think that's where I see, you know, the differences and, and, um,
0: yeah, that no way that's... understanding,
1: you know, where, where you, like, if, if, if you are so undeserving of God's grace and mercy, like, how are you to, to then turn around and, cast judgment and Mm. cast, like, and be unmerciful and be, you know, rude and be callous with your spouse, Mm -hmm. knowing very well that you didn't deserve all of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's where it's, you have to think about it that way.
0: Absolutely. And so here's the thing. Um, grace is required. Grace is absolutely required. And, but mercy, um, that's, Dependent, and and let me give me a moment because, you know, let's. I, I'm gonna kind of paint a picture for you to see, so you so you can make the difference between the two, right? You get it. You get in a car accident. Someone hit you from behind and broke your car and smashed it in from behind, and you go to that person and you say, "Hey, you know what? I forgive you, unconditionally. No matter what, I forgive what you did." And the the person has to pay out of pocket fifteen thousand dollars to fix your car. Mercy is saying, here's your $15,000 back. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Right. Okay. You don't have to give the 15. You don't have to show mercy to be graceful yeah. because you can still say, I completely forgive you. I don't hold ill will, but there's consequences. And often we are saved by grace, but we're not saved from consequences. Exactly. So God yeah. will use consequence or his direct intervention to teach us something. So... Mercy isn't always required, but grace is. And there are going to be times where extending mercy may actually hurt the individual. Someone with substance abuse problems, someone who's a drug addict, um, behavioral issues with your kids. These are all things that you need to be careful with or and understand. Like, yeah. You know, even you know, abuse, abuse, tolerating abuse and then saying, well, you know, I'm going to show you mercy. No, for the benefit of it. That's not showing mercy. How about the, who's showing mercy <laughs> to the kid <laughs> or, who's, to you. or to yourself? Yeah, yourself. Who's the uh, the victim? Yeah. So so uh, I want us to understand grace is exactly how Carlos said, just a blanket sort of, Situation it's a where state of
1: being, I feel like almost yeah.
0: Like, it's like you're not anticipating anything no. in return. No. That you, you're gonna offer them goodwill. You're gonna offer them love and grace and forgiveness. Um, no matter what, you're just gonna offer that to them. Now we're saying as principle number three, your outlook needs to be graceful with your spouse. That that means that there's no, you know, there, you, you don't have things in contingent like contingent we're going to offer you this job contingent that you pass a drug test yeah. right like like we we build these contingencies there and are no contingencies in, in marriage yeah
1: in, it, it, well yeah in marriage particularly and i think when we talk when we thought about this point it's very very relevant to our relationship because oftentimes we've been guilty of saying Well, I'm not going to be nice to you if you're not nice to me, or I'm not going to meet your needs. If you don't meet my needs, or I'm not going to do this because you haven't earned, you know, this place or earned this respect or earned whatever, you know, I'm not going to
0: follow through. if You don't follow. through. If you don't
1: do what you say you're going to do, I'm not going to do. But the reality is if we go right back to our nature and, and what our role is, Your role is to be the spouse that God calls you to be, period. Yeah. Like, there's zero contingency in that. Right. because Because your submission or because your role as a spouse is directly related to your relationship to Christ. It has nothing to do... With your relationship to the person
0: right so our my our job men is to mirror christ so uh, this is the question when does jesus say i won't forgive you
1: right
0: zero right so we mirror that attitude we mirror that principle we mirror that that whole point and so when i'm looking at carla and i'm dealing with carla carla will disappoint me i mean that's 100%. just a, and i will disappoint <laughs> it's gonna her. Happen many times <laughs> and if i am not prepared to number one exercise what understanding and being sober about who we are right so understanding our nature understanding her nature and my nature right none understanding my role right if i don't understand those two things that i'm not going to be able to apply grace because the arrogance that any one of us would have to say no i can't offer you grace because my poop don't stink right (laughs)
1: right you know it's
0: like no it does my poop stinks so So the point is, is that our job is to treat each other with grace and mercy because we are rotten ourselves and we, we are so undeserving and, and for us not to offer grace is to almost um, stick God like in the eye, like to poke God in the eye and say, you know, what you said doesn't matter.
1: Right. What he did wasn't enough. Like we are so much better than the grace that He gave us—that's like, right. That just doesn't even—it's a very arrogant position. To that's
0: about. right, and so I think you know that's something that we have to come to terms with. It's something that the world doesn't teach us. Don't confuse this, and this is why I kind of threw in the mercy. Grace does not mean no accountability.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: don't confuse that. That's so right. what does that mean? That means that if my husband um, comes home drunk. And beats me or beats the children or gets violent you can forgive him but he has to go right he needs to leave
1: there's, limits.
0: there's consequence yeah. there's accountability and consequence and the accountability is not like do you promise to go to AA? that's not enough right. you know there needs to be like real consequence accountability right like you need to go to jail how about those you need to go to jail for six months right. and you need to call the police and, and by, by not calling the police, you're actually doing a disservice, mm-hmm. right? So these are just some things. Your kid, your kid, and we see this all over. Right now, society is a mess because our kids are confused. They don't know their role. They don't know as a man what their role is. And so what happens? Parents waste their time sa- saving their kids from the consequences, Right, and so it's just like you can't afford your phone. I'll pay for you. You can't afford a car. Afford a car? Don't worry, I got you. You can't afford rent. Come back home. Exactly. Like you're good. Zero don't worry about it. Zero yeah. responsibilities. My mama got me. Right? I need Taylor Swift tickets. Don't worry. I'm 12 years old. My mama gonna pay 750 for Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. I'm five years old and I want an iPhone 14. You're gonna get yeah, one. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. Right? And so here's the the point that I'm trying to say is is that. There has to be real consequence there has to be real work and you can still have grace with people you can have grace and have accountability and so in in our relationship that that's always the fault line for us the, for us it's okay listen we, we're going to exercise grace so I tell my wife, hey uh, she tells me can you help me with the dishes We both work my wife said like, can I help with the dishes I said sure I'll help you with the dishes. The first thing she tells me is, when? <laughs> when are you going to help me with the dishes? Because, you know, her anxieties are kicking, right? She's at level 10 anxiety. So I'll tell her, I'll do it by the end of the night. She's like, okay. She wakes up the next day, some of the dishes are done. <laughs> right? Men, you know what I'm talking about? You clean the dishes, but then you go and dirty them again because right. you made a sandwich in the middle of the night. And so <laughs> what, what's happening is she'll come out the next day. she said, hey, bro. She, she's bro, what happened? you were supposed to clean the dishes. And I'm like, I did. She's like, no, how about these? And, and, and so here's the thing. She'll forgive me. She's not going to give me an attitude. She's not going to yell. She's not going to, you know, at least not that time.
1: I mean, guys, like we said, it's taking us a while to get here.
0: It's it's a, it's a process, right?
1: It's never happened, right?
0: But it's a process, right? And so what happens? It's, I love you. I forgive you. I'm not going to give you an attitude, to do
1: what you're do.
0: but when are you going to do them, <laughs> right. right. And so this is what we're talking about, right? Honey, you know, it's been a, it's, it's been, you know, a week since a we've been intimate <laughs> and, um, Hey, what's going on? And, and your wife's going to tell you, honey, I get it. Um, you know, uh, let's make a date night for Friday. Right. And you're like, okay, Friday date night happens. And, and it doesn't happen Friday. Something comes up. Well, guess what? You're going to forgive. You're not going to be bitter. You're not going to put her, you know, not be affectionate to her and, and treat her with respect. You're going to honor and love her the way Christ loved. But then you're going to say, honey, we were supposed to be intimate on Friday and that didn't happen. Um, so how about we make it a plan today and make it a date? Right. And that, and that is part of it.
1: Grace with accountability and mercy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the right type of grace, and it's hard. It's hard because you go back to your individuality. You go back to, well, I need this from you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it so when
0: when would experience. you say when would you say is the right time to exercise mercy?
1: I think well, the scripture says if we are humble, right, God will show us mercy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think a. a piece of that also has to do with when you approach your spouse, you know, to express your disappointment in something or, um, hold them accountable. If your spouse shows humility, it's easy to give mercy. Yeah. Um, and, and when your spouse shows arrogance, it's not that you don't give mercy, you still give grace, but there's still accountability. Yeah. Accountability doesn't, doesn't eliminate itself. Mm -hmm. Because of what your spouse does. It's just the way that you react
0: to your spouse
1: is where the mercy comes in.
0: That's right. Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, when I I think through what Scripture's teaching, what I would say is that there are going to be times and issues that are not going to make you bitter. You know, so there are times when you can show mercy and it's just sort of like, it's all right. Don't worry, I got it. You know, there are times when I... I I'm helping like we we're, we're, we're double teaming the, the the kitchen and we're cleaning stuff and and you know and sometimes she'll say hey um what are you gonna do with this and it's maybe a piece of trash that I that I left behind and, and, and I'm like, oh, I forgot to put it away. She's like, don't worry, I got it. She'll grab it. It doesn't bother her. It's okay. I got it. It's good. We're yeah. good. I'll deal with it, right? And that's that's mercy because she could just say, hey, you know, you said you were going to pick it up and you did, but she didn't. It didn't bother her, right? But there are other things that are going to be like, no, these are important to me. You know, it's important that you f- you follow through with this, yeah. you know? And when it's a situation like that, I would say don't offer mercy because your capacity is not there yet, right? Your your ability not to be bitter about it. It's better than to say, hey, you know what? I love you. I'm, I'm not bitter about this. I'm offering grace. I get it. But this is really important to me. And, and, and you don't give you that don't up. You don't get a pass. Yeah. Because yeah.
1: of grace. Like, grace doesn't mean, okay, you could do whatever you want. Like... Romans said, right? If God gives us grace doesn't mean we go on to sin more, of course. It doesn't mean that we go on to sin more, it means that we move closer to holiness. And in the relationship, it's the same. Like it's not that you know I'm God or you're God or whatever, but the reality is it's supposed to draw us closer to meeting our spouse's needs. And and that's where you yeah, you show grace and mercy and accountability um, doesn't mean that you give your spouse the past, like, oh, it's okay this time. And then it's okay next time. And it's okay next time. It's yeah. not like we got to figure it out, you know, and, and maybe it's talking to talking through it, like you said, and it's, maybe it's formulating a plan together to, you know, remind your spouse, or maybe setting a chore list. If it's a household thing or setting a date night to make sure that your intimacy is consistent or whatever, whatever that other spouse needs. Um, but it, it does require a level of humility on behalf of, of the person that you're talking to. All
0: right. So let's wrap this up with our plan of action. So what is the plan of action in order to perfect the rules of engagement? So here's um, a couple of things we came up with that we think would be beneficial for you. We've Seen them being beneficial for us. I'll start with number one. And Carly, you can do number two. Yeah. It says, learn grace. List all sins you have been forgiven for. That's that's really a really good was, list to I keep in your wallet. Me, oh, absolutely.
1: All of the stuff that you've done. Like, that you've been forgiven you for. Forgiven you for?
0: Or it? even other people. Oh, yeah? yeah. Yeah. Like, unfaithful. you know, if you've been unfaithful, list that and always keep that. If you've been um, abusive, If you've um, stolen things, if you were a thief, if you've broken the law, if you served time in prison, if there've been families that you've hurt, I mean, some people are like, well, don't dwell on those things. No, dwell on the fact that you were forgiven for those things, how good God is, right? And so um, make a list of those things. And you know what? Keep it somewhere. Keep it somewhere where you can reference it to remind you how often you were a recipient of grace. grace so that yeah. you can be a conduit of grace
1: 100
0: percent, 100 all right number that. two
1: um discuss the rules of engagement for your relationship with specificity i cannot stress the specificity enough um this is actually one of the things that we um one of our homeworks from uh our therapist a uh, while back when we first started therapy um she literally told us like you need to list like what are what are how are you going to have your discussions like what's your what are your boundaries in terms of um time limits you know if you if you're talk, if you're having a discussion or a disagreement like that's something that we've recently implemented like if we are going to discuss a topic that we know is contentious or is going to lead to contention we set a time limit We're not going to dwell on this argument for two hours. Like it's not going to be productive. Um, We're not going to raise our voice. That has been very difficult for me (laughs) at some points in time. Um, You know, we're not going to hurl insults. We're not going to curse. We're not going to storm off and, you know, without communicating, Hey, I need a break or maybe you need a break. And that's the way that your relationship is going to play out. You're going to communicate that to your spouse. Like, To that extent, and writing them out, and which is what something that we did like, we wrote out here are our literal rules
0: to engage
1: on how we're going to engage each other. Yeah, I
0: think the key point in this point in this thing is within your role. Yeah, right. So, so understand that you cannot agree to a set of principles that violates your role. No, Right. right. So, if you're looking for your wife to be the spiritual leader. In your engagement, meaning that when it's time to pray, if your wife is always the one evoking, let's pray. Or if your wife is always the one evoking the scripture, Mm -hmm. that cannot be your rule of engagement because it violates the principle of God of what your role is. So when you make these rules, make sure it aligns with the role of God. If not, you're just contradicting and wasting your time. So we want to discuss with specificity um, the rules of engagement, how we're going to engage within the confines of my role, of your, yeah. right? So it's going to be like um, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, one of the things we she talked about was the therapist telling us, um, "Hey, there are going to be times when why are you trying to force a resolution, like." You want to argue and get everything resolved in one day. It's like our lack of patience. That's our flesh. Our flesh thinks we got it. We can resolve this. Like, are you going to do Do what I say? Right? And then it's resolved. And so sometimes, um, you know, we have to hear something 15 times to see it differently because we're so stubborn. Right? And so sometimes what I've, because usually I'm the more calm person, I have to exercise my authority um, biblically, lovingly, righteously. And I'll say, I'll tell you what, honey, let's let's shelf this, right? And That's, that's,
1: our, our, that's our word. That's our let's word. Let's put, <laughs> it yeah. put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf for next time. And then
0: we saw that it was helping, but it wasn't there yet. And then I said, you know what? Let's give ourselves 30 minutes. Like, if we can't resolve this in 30 minutes, it's not worth it. Arguing, It's It's, not going further.
1: We revisit.
0: Yeah. And if we have
1: to shelve it 15 times,
0: then we'll shelve it 15 times. But better to be biblical, better to approach it within our roles than to travel outside, right? Right. Where it turns into selfishness. All right. Third point. Last one. Last one. This is huge. Mm -hmm. Allow accountability. That is, I, I would probably say, um for both parties, for men and women, yeah. it's hard because this is the part where it can be toxic for us men, especially if you're all into the red pill sort of Doug Wilson, patriarchy, blah blah. I love Doug Wilson. He's a man of God, love him. But that sort of mindset of, you know, women should just be home washing our clothes in the in that little thing and, and little house <laughs> in the prairie type of situation, right? Um I would probably call that extreme patriarchy. I'm I'm with like normal patriarchy, but extreme patriarchy, right? There there can be a tendency that we have to be cautious about where um if our women try holding us accountable, we get all defensive and we say, "Wait a minute, like you're not, not supposed your to teach me. That's, that's not, not your right. you know." And 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 it certainly can be that at times. It can be, and that's the caution, right? It can be where our spouse may try to force us and remind us what a terrible decision we made and it's not encouraging and it's not so it can come from both sides but we have to be careful to allow accountability what does that mean that means that absolutely my wife is not required to think like me um, if I haven't effectively persuaded her and and I haven't shown her Christ so what does that mean that means that I can certainly share my disappointment in a word or an action or, and, but she still retains her, her free will. She still retains her personhood, right? She doesn't lose her personhood in marriage. So what does that mean? That means that I can make a decision for the home and she can come to me and say, Hey, listen, I'm having a difficulty with that decision. I didn't like what you decided. And, um, and listen, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bend, I'll, I'll bend to what you want to do. But we need to talk about this again and it doesn't work out.
1: Yeah. Right? I I think, again, totally not perfect in this area. (laughs) I'm not perfect at all. Uh, This is definitely one of the things I struggle with the most when it comes to submission um, biblically, um, where Scripture says to submit to everything in Ephesians 5. It was the verse before the one you read. Um, I think the very important question that I... I personally had, and I know many, many women that are Christians have is, okay, cool. I can submit when my husband's doing the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. But how do I submit when I know that my husband is driving us off the cliff? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I do that? Like, and, and that's the hardest I'm telling you because I have failed 90% of the time. Um it's not easy to do that. But the 10% that I have uh, truly submitted it to the Lord, um, which is what I do first, right? not very faithfully, but if I do take that step and I say, okay, Lord, I'm gonna, I don't think this is the right thing to do. I'm going to submit to my husband and, and yet explain to him, hey, I get this is what you want to do. You know, I don't agree with it. And here are the reasons why. I really, truly, as a testimony, will say that 95% of the time, you turn around and say, hey, all right, hold on. Let me rethink about this. Like, sometimes it's no. We're going to go through with it and it ends up being a disaster. Sometimes it doesn't end up being a disaster. But the times where you've said, where I've told you, hey, like, I really don't think this is a good idea. Like, I'm gonna. If you want to do this, babe, like we're gonna do it. But I'm torn. You know, he he will say, "All right, hold on. If I don't have your support, like I'm questioning all of this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?" Um, and I think that's that's the 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 fruit of what a relationship should be like.
0: Yeah, like, and I'll tell you, this comes from a being a former pastor. And I don't know if that's a right word, but the calling is there, but you're not operating in the gift, right? So you're not in in ministry. And and I've had we've had this discussion where my wife's like, "Look, we're having church on Sunday, and I'm not feeling edified. I don't I don't sense edification. I sense stress. We're working full time. We're you know we don't feel supported financially. We're not you know we don't feel supported. Um, we're not just." we're not growing. We're not feeling just that people are pouring into us. And I'm feeling that that emptiness, that vagueness. And, and it's like, okay. And it wasn't like what she, what she was communicating to me. I had to discern. I had to really understand what she's saying. She's not saying that I'm doing something wrong. She's not saying the church that we're going to or the church we're trying to lead something was wrong with the vision or the or the, it was it was basically saying I need to connect um differently with the Lord I need to connect in a different direction with the Lord it's not I'm not trying to run away from God yeah. and my inclination as a pastor is like why are you trying to run away from God yeah and she's like yeah, I'm not have that discussion yeah I was like I'm not trying to run away from God I'm trying to run to God I just don't think I'm running to God in this situation yeah. and so for me I had to say wait a minute okay. So my home is being separated. My home, we're in we're division, right? I have to be honest about what does God say about to me yeah. about it. And so the reason why what she's talking about is when I say, wait a minute, you don't support, is because when your spouse tells you, men, when your spouse tells you, like, I'm, I'm not really on board with something, don't look at it as a slap in the face. Yeah. Look at it as perhaps, number one, it's God telling us something right? He's going to use people very close to us. Number two, look at it like we're failing in our part to effectively communicate and effectively show God's will in this process. And so so when, when she tells me, hey, I'm not buying what you're selling, I, I, I'm, I'm saying, I got to look at the product. Yeah. You know, I got to look at what God is doing in my life. You know, what What am I showing her? And I got to recalibrate and I got to sit here and listen and pray. And I got to go to the word because I know my role. I got to go to the word of God and say, well, if I, my wife is not convinced, my home is not united. My home is hurting. I'm not, I can't be an effective minister right now, maybe later, but right now I can't do this and then hold a full-time job. And then everything else that comes with it. What time do I have to yeah. visit people and pray for people? I have to pray for myself and my wife. And right. so these are things that um, that we have to think about. And I think we have to give our spouse that space to be able to tell us, hey, this is how I'm feeling about it. I'll give you an opportunity to talk to me about it. Do you want to recalibrate? Do you want to rethink this? Because here's the thing. If it falls... Men it falls on us. It's your responsibility. Yeah. It falls on us. And so um and she may very well come back and say, Hey, uh I I I I submitted. I went along, but let's talk about it because I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not seeing where God is here. That's accountability. She's not saying I'm getting off, uh, you know, I'm not on board anymore with you, or I want to separate. She's just saying I'm not seeing where God is on this, and and I, I'm, I'm, you're my leader. Talk to me about it. What's going on? She's building accountability, and we have to, have to allow that process to take place. That doesn't mean she's teaching us. That doesn't mean she's disciplining us. What she is doing is pointing to the Word of God and saying, how are you fulfilling your role? How are you fulfilling your role in this marriage? And we have to allow that process.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, going back to when we were discussing, like, what does the Bible say about this? Um, So much of this is even beyond big decisions. It's even in the small things, like in the way that you communicate with each other, um, in the way that you discourse, like you have to also have a level of humility, knowing, understanding where your sin nature comes in. um, I think for us also you know, and I think many relationships struggle with communication issues, right? But, right. um, that's where we've also seen a lot of accountability necessary. Um, and, it, and, it, and it, there's been strife in that because, um, I'm very intense and you can be intense too, mm-hmm. but I'm very, very intense. <laughs> um, so sometimes I gotta get reeled in, you know, if I start on my little tirades and, you know, get anxious and get overwhelmed and that leads into, you know, escalating my voice or just being more aggressive than I than I should be, um, and not being gentle like the Lord tells me to be. I have to be humble to enough to say, hey my my you know, my spouse or you know, Ben's telling me, hey, you're getting a little bit rowdy. Maybe just lower your voice a little bit, you know, you're getting a little bit aggressive, you're getting defensive, blah blah, blah. And nine times out of 10, you know, I think when somebody tells a woman, calm down, that like just sets us off. Right. I know I'm not the only woman who, who (laughs) reacts that way to that. Um, and I've had to learn to not do that. And that's, Right, because
0: it you might actually need to calm down.
1: Yeah. Oh no, it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, yeah. If you're perceiving that I'm being aggressive, I absolutely am showing some sort of aggression. Yeah. Just and men.
0: Just men. D- don't say calm down when you're like this.
1: Yeah. No. You I know what I mean? You're absolutely not. Absolutely try. Yeah.
0: If to, yeah. you are gonna use those words and tell to to, to try to bring a situation low, make sure that you are showing the fruit of the spirit, self-control, Peace. make sure you're peaceful, make sure you're not aggressive, right? We're going to use the fruit of the spirit to speak to the deeds of the flesh.
1: Correct. Right? That's how you combat yeah. the deeds of the flesh. It's yeah. by walking in the spirit and and it, the same goes both ways. Yeah.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, so that that is um, pretty much our three points on how you can get started. And I, I man, I tell you, if someone would have sat down with us,
1: Oh my God. In the first couple of years of our marriage, so many, so man, I'm going to tell
0: you how much is needed. <laughs> and there's so many yeah. workshops out there, but, oh yeah, but they're just, I don't know. For me, it always seemed out of touch. And I, we certainly didn't want to turn this, um, podcast into, um, your normal, like, Hey, respect. Wanna, like we really wanted to be as raw as possible. And as we continue to do more, it, it, we're, you're almost, we're almost opening a window up to our marriage. Um, And so we may have invited guests, we may have other people, but here's something that's very important for us. If you have questions, if you have anything that you kind of want to throw our way, put it in either Facebook, YouTube comments, um, wherever you're watching, put in the comment and we'll be happy to answer and kind of just um, throw, you know, throw back some concepts or maybe even answer some of those questions live on our next um, podcast. So uh, we're not committed to any dates, um, but it looks like it might be a weekly thing or maybe an every 10 day thing, but we'll always tell you when it's coming, but we do appreciate you. We just need one favor from you.
1: Like, like the podcast If you're on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, subscribe. uh, If you're on subscribe, if you're on um, YouTube, please. That will absolutely help us. Follow our page on um, Instagram and on uh, Facebook, and share. share. Share it.
0: That's the only way we know you're watching. That's the
1: only way we know.
0: All right. So God bless you. We pray God's peace upon you. Let us do a quick prayer over you, Lord. We pray for the people watching. May your peace, may your blessing, may your word illuminate the eyes of their understanding and have them be brave, Lord. Encourage them to be brave, to step out and surrender and gain life. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 See you all next week. Yes. Bye-bye. bye bye